So have I lost my last mind? What is all this about? The answer is yes, definitely. Mr. Emerson said that we had a right to religious experience without mediator or veil. And he was talking about that sense that you have to be in a church with a minister doing a holy thing, singing a dull song, you know, sitting upright, behaving yourself to have a religious experience. That religious experience was somehow it belonged to the church. Your lives were secular and plain. My life, the minister, was holy. It's part of the, of the great mystery of religious leadership. Trying to balance your reality and that sense that you carry of the holy. Now, if the sense that I carried of the holy was all in my head... If coloring is just coloring, if eating a grape is just eating a grape, if singing a chant is a chant, if meditating is just sitting quietly, if, if all of those things are true, if there is nothing there, if there is no there there, that's the question that the transcendentalists asked. They were, they were very interested in science. This is the early 1800s, 1830s. Everybody was so interested in science, and they were too, and what you could observe and what you could prove. And, and they were, you know, they were very hard on Christianity um, for its doctrines, its miracle doctrines and that sort of thing. It said, no, that, that just doesn't, you know, I'm just not sure about that. If I have to believe in that, I don't know if I can believe. And yet, and yet I am connected to something. And yet there is a mystery. It's a humbling thing. It's a humility thing. We live in a time in which almost everything is taken for its entertainment and satisfaction value. You know? And the question that we ask ourselves day in and day out is, am I happy with that? Am I happy? So things come up in a meeting, important meeting, a social service organization, a church or something. People ask themselves, am I happy with that? Would I like that? Not would this serve something bigger? Not would this help more people? The transcendentalists believed in a God that they called the Oversoul. But that God was not separate from them. They were individual parts. Ah, but not only them, everybody. This led the, uh, the transcendentalists to be abolitionists, to be against slavery, because they could see those slaves as part of the oversoul, as, as beings with artistic and intuitive value who, who had a direct experience of God, who were indispensable and so... When we're doing these things, we're trying to connect to something deeper. They said, it is not all about what I see, what I taste, what I feel. 
It is about something intuitive in me that is connected to all others. Something beautiful and holy, and not holy because it has stained glass windows, and not holy because we're quiet before it, and not holy because it's hard to get into, but holy because the nature of reality itself is sacred and holy. And so they they did live in this rarefied thing, and they woke up in the morning. Thoreau used to write crazy things about seeing Hindu Brahmins at his well in the morning and that his bucket scraped against their bucket. There was no Hindu Brahmin in the middle of Walden Pond, but you see what I'm saying? All of life, the way that they tried to live it, as if they turned themselves inside out, raw nerves, raw mind, raw feelings, just to take it all in. It is a risky way to live. It is a risky thing to give to everyone who puts their hand out, and yet that is part that is part of knowing that this is not your money in your pocket, this is money. This is not your church, this is a public place, this is an asset for people, this is not your town, your neighborhood, this is part of the great oversoul. This is part of everything, and you are part of that everything. And a wonderful part. Let's never forget that. And your senses are good, and your body is good, and your sexuality is good. Your mind is good. However it is, part of the great holiness, part of the great oversoul. I do not know how you get in touch with these things. Some people go to church and participate in rituals, and that's very important to them. Other people read, pray, color, eat mindfully, walk mindfully. Meditate, do yoga. Others, what do you, any number of things. But if it is just doing something to ask myself, do I like that? Do I want to do this? Hmm. It is shallow waters. We swim in deep, deep waters here. What a responsibility it is to have to make your own system of beliefs. What a deep responsibility it is to craft your own holy life. And with what joy do we all undertake it, those of us here, and all Unitarian Universalists, with fear and trembling and with joy, we bring our whole selves into every day and every night, into every shadowed hour, into every tragedy. And we experience it. And we hope to be connected to something greater than ourselves. The transcendentalist brought us our love of world religions. They love to read Hindu scriptures. They brought us our 
are leaning on direct experience. They brought us that sense of being idle and blessed. They brought us that trust in our intuition. They brought us also that deep connectedness of the interdependent web. So many things that we owe them for. And yet they would tell you, go your own way. Do your own thing. Walk on the road less traveled. Or take the other one. March to the different drummer. And in that spirit, I send you out to a week that I hope you find to be sacred and special. Not because it is any different than any other week you ever lived, but because you really are there tasting it, feeling it, sensing it, enjoying it, sharing it.